We have survived the truth, Alex O'Neill. Yes, my purchase. We lived. We lived. That's right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Irrational Passions review discussion. And this time it's for the latest Destiny 2 expansion, The Witch Queen. That's right. If you've not seen enough Destiny content on this channel, (laughs) it's more. We got more. We got more. Um and we'll talk about even more of that uh, at the end of this uh, video as well. But right now, we're just going to you know do do our usual review discussion thing and talk about kind of what we've thought about playing through the expansion and like all the seasonal content. There's just been so much Destiny yeah. stuff that has released like in the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, the, the huge expansion. Of course, there's all this all these other bells and whistles. The main, the big campaign. We had the raid. Uh, just this past weekend, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff um, that it's even hard to figure out where to even start, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I my thing was because because it is shorter. I think you and I are both like very positive on this for the most part. Yes. So I was thinking to start with the kind of negatives. Yeah, um, just get them out of just, the way. Just get them out of the way. And, and I think there are reasonable things to be critical of for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, like the big one, if if you are jumping into this and listening, and and you are like, let's say a lapsed Destiny fan or or someone who's just trying to get into it, yeah. Like one of the things is like, hey, we still have that approachability problem with yeah, Destiny. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's like in some ways becoming wider and wider for like it's like for good and bad reasons, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is because. You know, Destiny's been going, you know, include the first game. It's been going for seven years. I mean, De- and then the Destiny 2, of course, has been for, you know, over five years. And we're in year five. And I think and it's a different game than it was. It's a completely different game. Like, you know, I think it has that kind of I think there's still a uh, circles in the video game world who follow games closely, who still think of destiny as that, like it's like a weird campaign shooter that like, you know, they put out this weird expansion every year and then it's like a fun romp through a campaign. And then it's, then you kind of can just leave. Like, I feel like that's, you know, what a lot of people just felt what destiny was for a while. Um, and I think they've, they really have turned coat where I think th- I feel very comfortable just calling destiny an MMO now. Like it's just, yeah. it's just is an MMO now it, that comes with those trappings of like, if you want to be in the know of like how this stuff works, you just kind of have to jump in and figure it out or have, suffer for a while. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out and like learn systems that like that are in MMO, other MMOs or like find friends that are already into it and have them help you through stuff. Or, you know, look up YouTube videos on on like not just like guides of how to play the game, but like lore and world building stuff in the game because it's just been going on for so long. And like they can't I like I feel for them because I understand like there are aspects in the game, even as a longtime player, I think they could be better about sharing with like what how, what like the the world of destiny and all these kind of things. But also there's just so much of it that like they can't get everything. They just can't. Because yeah. it's been going for so long, and there's like so many stories that were in the were either on these grimoire cards in the first game, or parts of stories that were actually in the game, but not really that much, or like these few dialogue lines that you found from like scanning this thing on a planet somewhere 
like three years ago that now are like major <laughs> plot points now. Like it's just, there's just so much of it now. And like, I, you just like, I think there's just, it's just that that's, it is the reality of destiny. Um, yeah. But man, and like this expand, like just to, I guess like a broad thing of, again with like, you know, not complete, like, you know, make it all complaints, even though we, we still have more criticisms. Like I think this expansion on the other end of it being unapproachable is the best expansion as me as a fan has like seen for the entire yeah. the history of destiny for, for like a person who's been in it and like getting deeper and deeper into it in these recent years uh for various reasons like this has been the best it's like ever been um, yeah and so many 100%. facets so it's like it's one of those things like playing the campaign and you and i and our friend uh ren played it yeah um as like a group and it, it it like it was absolutely incredible we'll get into it later and i had a great time but like it was very it's clearly a campaign for destiny fans yeah and as mm-hmm. a fan of destiny i wouldn't want it any other way but i also yeah. recognize that like you're like if you're coming into it and you're like i think i know who savathun is like i think i remember that <laughs> it's not really <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah it, you it, you'd be very it would be very difficult um to jump into the campaign if you hadn't played like season lost uh even like that yeah. most recent season that it happened like the last season of beyond lights expansion um and that's gone now you know it's gone forever yeah. mm-hmm. um it will never come back and i understand like the necessity of having to do that to make room for new stuff and they made a lot of room and they f- they've already filled a good bit of a that room of with a stuff. ton of new stuff um, but it is one of those things of like we had seven weeks of like meeting and talking to Sabathun directly, and that had a huge impact on how I felt about her playing through this campaign. Right. Yeah. Um and and you know, people are just they missed it. It's they gone. missed it, they yeah. missed it, it's gone. And that's that's this that's the nature of this game being like an ongoing game. Mm-hmm. Um it it ha- and you know, like you said, it has that challenging aspect of like they they've they vault some of the seasonal stuff every so often just cause there's, they add a lot and like the, the seasonal offerings have become like more and more substantial yeah. in terms of like so many things of like different gameplay elements, different um, are introducing new gameplay elements, but also introducing like major story moments like this. Like you said, like having the, have having this whole season of Savathun in case in a crystal and she's talking to us every week. And like, you know, you can see her sowing these seeds and other characters that we interact with in the campaign now. And like, even outside of the campaign and the seasonal stuff, like that stuff all still lingers and having that knowledge, like makes the, makes so many more things in the campaign of this, but I like even just like beat for beat, just like reading some, some dialogue that's like, you know, reading or having some random one-off dialogue interaction with a character or have are reading some piece of lore that's in the game like like so much of it is enriched now by both sides of like the storytelling stuff they do in the game and yeah like, and it's, it's great it's, and it's it's fantastic for like some it's like, just you gotta be us. there yeah you know? it is you kind of have to be there and i think that's just i think that's just the nature of mmos like i like as much as i play this game and, and like know all these systems and i'm like oh yeah all these things like make sense to me because i've been playing for so long like i still can look at some other mmos and be like this looks i have no idea what's going on in these yeah. things and this seems like so much work so i understand even from that perspective like why it's tough to like get 
new people or like people to come back because it has become it is the game is transformed in so many ways and keeps transforming. And I'll say like I I've not played a lot of MMOs. I've now played most of Final Fantasy 14 and I, and it has given me a lot of perspective like mm-hmm. I am very grateful to FF14. I have not like finished Endwalker. I kind of got into it and then got very burnt out and had to take a break. But <laughs> I appreciate that, you know, all of that game is still in that game. Like none of it has been like ripped out or gutted by any means. Right. Like some quests have been like trimmed down to make it easier in that original Realm Reborn stuff. But also the the trade-off with that is I played 270 hours of that game to get to Endwalker, to, to get to right? Endwalker. Yeah. And yeah. that is so much like I, you can put 20 hours into destiny and get it you know yeah uh yeah. and and that does make it more approachable but you're only getting half the picture right yeah versus like the other thing where it's like if you want to get to where everyone else is it is days we uh, over a week of your actual real life <laughs> that you have to kind of yeah. put into this yeah and and it's like you pick your poison like they're both i think bad options yeah. But I think they're also both like valuable because like at the end of 14 and they're bringing like characters from like the raid from a realm reborn back as major story characters is like, this is really cool. And I'm like right. super into this and I wouldn't have cared if I hadn't played all the played garbage all yeah. before <laughs> versus like destiny where it's like, I missed something and it's gone forever now, but like I, I can watch a YouTube video and be like, Oh, like that's really cool. They're both yeah. bad. You know, yeah, <laughs> at the end of the yeah, day, they're both bad. That, that neither are perfect scenarios, but are just mm-hmm. the reality of it. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's definitely, that's definitely, I would still say the main, main thing. I think like, I think like, like unfortunately that's just going to be a reality of destiny, regardless of when a new season starts, a new expansion starts, it's going to, the, like especially like wh- where like the direction of they're going now where it's like they're we're kind of heading towards what seems to be like a big end end game sort of feeling moment with like the universe um yeah so like it's only going to be more and more like at, like what the heck is going on and like it's it's going to be that corner of the internet like when i see people like you know who are losing their minds over like like 14 expansion or these things like you know it's just that corner because that's how these games are now. They just, they have their communities and their groups and they are more like, and they, I think these developers like Bungie and uh, the, I, f- I don't forget the name of the team for final fantasy 14, but like one of the internal square Enix studios. Yeah. One of the, yeah. yeah. One of the internal studios, like they know their audience now at this point and like, they're making the game more for them because they, yeah. those are the people who like want to keep going with it. And that's just the reality of it. Like when, if new people come in, I think they, they you know they leave them a little bit of they give them some bones but like not a lot and like that's just mm-hmm. i think you it has to be more on the person wanting to have interest or like finding finding people who are really into it and then joining them because i think that's definitely been some of why we've ended up playing a lot more as well is because now we have like multiple friend groups who are already into destiny and like are all caught up with us and we're all like experiencing this together like i've 
pretty much not I've played the majority of the this new content in a group with other people and it's been so, like so much fun and great yeah it's like it's that is me like hitting the actual MMO part of it where like you have your guild or whatever you know right. your your clan whatever game <laughs> names it you know and yeah. it's mm-hmm. your free company and and having that group and messaging every day back and forth about a new thing or like new roles on guns that that like I know you would like chill clip on this I gotta tell you about this yeah. or like you know like, stuff like that and it, that is like right. awesome and it, it, it is just one of the best feelings in the world and i don't have like a lot of games like yeah. that to be yeah. honest like i th- there aren't a lot of multiplayer games i care about anymore yeah I, either they've come and gone or, or or i've just moved on and and destiny is this one that it, that i kept coming back to like we played forsaken together uh and mm-hmm. shadow keep together um and then we both played beyond light at the same time and then we played uh witch queen together so we've been on this trip for like a long time you yeah. and me alone and that has made it even more enjoyable but absolutely yeah if, if you're missing that i can see how that would be tough but i think like if you have a group of friends that either played destiny before or are all interested together in getting back in i, I would just say like jump in together and try and like figure it out together because that's going to be the best time you're going to have yeah for sure but the other the other elephants in the room, I think, with with which mean are like the the ugly stepchildren of like the the content, which are like the two other major modes as, as Bungie yeah. calls them. Yeah. Um you've got obviously the the PvE stuff, player versus environment, uh campaign and all that, but then there's Gambit and Crucible. Uh and Crucible just th- never gets any love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the and people, I know we're not big Crucible people, but a lot of people are. You know? Yeah, the, yeah. There's definitely like an air of like they're like there's just like a big group of Destiny players who like want this to be their competitive game, and they like the mm-hmm. feel of like the gunplay in Destiny. But like there's just like how much stuff and how much Destiny always changes. Like it just needs to. It's just you know i think it's hard for them to uh, like want to change and grow this sandbox and make it more and more interesting and um breathful and like add these rpg elements like i think when you mix this rpg stuff and make these crazy updates uh that we'll talk about like the completely updated like a, a classic like the subclass that has been the void subclass in destiny pretty much since even throughout destiny 1 for the majority of it they like yeah, finally hasn't been touched since Forsaken, you know. Yeah, they have finally updated it in a major, in a much major, significant way with this, and like it is definitely broken uh, once again, or quote unquote broken once again. The like the like competitive or like side of the 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 PvP game to the point where like everyone's using these. You know, you have you have hunter subclasses who are always invisible at all times and can just constantly invis, or you have these titans who can throw titans down. Throw shields yeah. or like warlocks who can like you know just heal themselves a bunch like and it's just like you know th- it's stuff that was like not as prevalent and I feel like there's always just going to be a cycle of that right because it's I feel like it's there's I feel like we're going to have this cycle again of you know a similar thing happened with Beyond Light and they introduced an entirely new subclass with stasis these ice powers and then like that completely just ruined ruined the 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 pvp for like months and they had to like they had to like nerf some of the stuff one time and that wasn't enough for some people so they did it all over again in another way and like changed all these aspects and things and like uh 
they're going to have to do it all over again, probably for these new because new uh, subclass updates because they're not done with them is something we're saying. Like for we have Void 3.0, which is what they're calling it. These big updates to the Void subclass. They're doing it for the other two original light subclasses in destiny for our consoler and like they are going to have these completely revamped as well and i can't imagine a world where like some of those solar subclasses on warlock were already extremely good in pvp and now they're gonna be completely insane uh, all over again and like who who knows maybe maybe all three of them become so powerful that it somehow evens out like i i don't know if like like uh, maybe there's just a, a people at bungie who are just like no we gotta wait we know it's crazy right now, but we but we're working on these other things, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna balance out these other things a little bit more, and you'll see you'll see in like like five six months or whatever yeah. you know. But it's it's gonna take time, and I think just you know the nature of this being a live game that is always literally week to week, there are new things like happening, and you know new conversations or are conversations constantly going that to the point where like they might have to be like all right we have these plans but now we got to kind of maybe stop and reapproach this and you know yeah maybe that's the fear right is that they have to like postpone updating more things because they have to fix what uh, is messed uh, up like been messed up by the the kind of change in power but yeah i i it's it's tough i mean i'll say this like crucible i've not played a lot of um mm-hmm. just because there's so much else to do right but yes. <laughs> um i've played some of it and and it, it is like a lot and i think talking about like the big thing with void that has messed up crucible is like titans just have so much more health now because they can generate a full overshield uh which is like an additional health bar um yeah. not as much health but it's you know it's like 80 more hit points um they can do that like a- every 10 seconds basically um depending on how they set up their their class and whatnot yep. and and that like Everyone talks about like hand cannons, tr- three tap people in the head, and now it's like four or five taps to get somebody down, and and that throws off everyone's consistency, and that makes the people that play PvP every day and run yes. nothing but shot- Gun- shotguns Guns and, hand and hand cannons, cannons. makes them really makes upset. them very upset. Yeah. Um, and then you yeah. get like the the mix of people like hardcore playing to win, and then the people that are just playing to have fun, and and they're all just in the same pool, uh, yeah. and it's it's tough to to make that an even playing field at all you know yeah and you have and you have like you know and always with like an expansion you have like a lot of returning players like you said or even just like new players still just trying the game out so it's like it's hard to like gauge how much of this is like the 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 main community being really upset or just like you know not really knowing what the you know all of these new powers get well enough to you know either either use them to their full extent or like counteract them in certain ways that we just aren't aware of yet so it's like it's always it's always interesting to see like where they come out with that but like you said like i'm not much of a pvp guy when it comes to destiny that's like not what i come to the game for um ultimately like i'm here for like the other aspects and the ongoing story for the the seasons excuse me getting to that end game content of doing raids and the night falls and others, other, other stuff to unlock like different cool things for weapons and gear and stuff. So like that, that side of destiny is always going to be the thing that draws me. And I think that's still the majority of the community yeah. um, respectfully to people who were like PVP. So I think that's always going to be the priority, right? Yeah. And, and it is, it is the thing, like people are talking about the legendary campaign. People are talking about the raid. 
Yeah. Um, and even like, you know, try the first weekend of trials, which is like the hardcore competitive playlist is this weekend. And I'm, I'm curious to hear like what the PVP people think of that. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly not going to play any of it. Yeah, <laughs> At least not yeah. the first weekend. I, I, that I, just I, seems I like probably, a bad idea. I probably won't, won't jump in that first weekend either. That seems like it'll be a potential nightmare. And yeah. yeah, yeah, and like on top of like that of like, you know, some of this stuff might be okay with like how it is, but like the problem also with like I know with PvP is like they don't there's not like a wide selection of modes or like different types of modes and they like haven't really updated that kind of stuff in a while. A so like long time. So yeah. like we've they've like that game has always kind of had the same PvP modes, so that kind of also brings in the like this these are why probably people always use these weapons cuz they they know this these modes in and out and these are the best for those modes or whatever and yeah. so like that's always going to be the thing where uh, if they maybe introduce different modes and different styles of gameplay that might change a lot of what you know what makes this stuff what makes some a certain kind of weapon matter or certain certain abilities matter more or less um what i will say though about modes obviously pvp out of it gambit which is, if you are uninitiated or, or you're listening to this, is a PvPVE mode where essentially two yeah. teams of four are trying to kill enemies and then bank the the moats they get from them while also sending a player back and forth to the other kind of map to, to mess with the other players. I cannot believe how terrible Gambit is right now. <laughs> it is unbelievable. And, I, and like, I'm not trying it's to sound rough. hyperbolic, but, like... It's rough. And... and I, it's it's rough like it's one of those things where they made it so after you clear an area it, you get an ammo crate that has heavy and special ammo so that way everyone kind of has heavy ammo at the same at the same time all the time yeah. and it has just made it a miserable experience because in in something like that like and it's similar in competitive we're talking about shotgun can can players like those are the quote-unquote meta of the game that that yeah. perform the best you know you can kill someone in three headshots with a hand cannon very consistently so that's why everyone uses hand cannons right versus an auto rifle where you have to land you know 16 shots or whatever uh something like that you know different weapons this is the the straightest path to murder so people everyone's going to use it because it's what will be mm. the most successful in something like Gambit, you know, there's Rock Launcher, Galahorn. Everybody knows it. I, I imagine even if you yes. don't play Destiny, you know what Galahorn is. Yeah. It is both, it is essentially an ad clear super. Like it'll kill tons of enemies very quickly on its own without you having to use abilities. Yes. And it'll kill people very well, <laughs> very efficiently. Yeah. So everyone just uses it, it all the time. And, and when you are not using it, it's like th this conversation has been brought up in Destiny before. They call it the power creep of like, if you're not using this this piece of equipment, yeah, just it's just time. you are at such a disadvantage. Everyone is using it, and and it, it is just it, the problem of like too many invasions and stuff. Like, it have not been fixed. So now yeah. it's just like the same thing kind of happens every single match. Yeah. And it's and um, it's like exponentially worse because of how yeah. they also changed how you fight a boss. Because that's like the whole thing with Gambit is you bank moats. Um, you bet you're banking moats into this thing like enemies drop these like little moats and you pick them up you're banking them into the thing to a point where then a boss spawns and then the first person to kill the boss wins right first person to kill the boss wins um, but now they've changed the boss so where like um, basically before it was just it was just a boss and you just start shooting at it and these other little envoy smaller enemies would spawn with it if you take them down it would give you like a damage buff to like do more and more damage to take them down faster 
mm-hmm. what they've changed now is like it used to be optional to kill those things. You could just kind of melt it down, which was also a problem with the previous game because then it was just like, well, this you're, you're then it's that there's a snowball effect of just like, well, this enemy's this team is so far ahead, and now they've they, they're about to get the boss up, and then you can just melt that boss with wh- where the power was on that thing. So then it was just th- that issue. Um, where now it's now the problem is there's it has an immunity phase that can be reprocked multiple times uh too many times frankly because there are too many invasions happening because what yes. will happen is you will you, you have the two envoys that spawn is what they're called and they, now they spawn in a different area of the map and the boss will have an immune shield so you can't damage it or do anything to it until you take down those two in that particular area that that aspect of it is like that like on its own that would be fine to me of like i like having that kind of more movement so it's not just always this damage phase it's always happening here so when people come and invade they already know where you're going to be and they can just like you know do the crap they were already doing in gambit already like a lot of this stuff already existed in gambit was kind of like your major complaints but it's like it's just been like ratcheted it up to an extreme right um but like the thing that the the main problem with this is like there's just so many invasions that can happen that like if you all they have to do is like like you said like pop a rocket into a dude they're down it gives like a big chunk of the the the, the health back now to the boss and that can restart one of those immune phases so there's more immune phases than there actually should be to the boss which drags it out even longer and I literally had like a match. That probably was like, I didn't count it minute for minute, but it probably at least had to been like 10 minutes because we had a thing. We had a, we, we had like a stalemate of a match where I would, somebody would invade and kill somebody and that would push the boss health back up. We would go kill the envoys again. That would give us the buff and we start doing more damage, but that's still just enough time for them to get another invasion and then come back. So it was literally a back and forth of like, are somebody on our team goes kills somebody kills at least one person on their team. They get a big chunk, chunk of health back that puts their boss back in immune phase, but then somebody's able to come do that to us again. So it's like, we're literally just like trying to like ping pong back between this boss immune phase while trying to kill it because we can't do enough damage to it. Even with like the stuff we have, which is like super strong. We're like throwing like super at it, throwing our supers at it, shooting it with Galahorns or shooting it with other high energy weapons and like you can't kill it fast enough and it was just like it was just complete insanity um like and like it just it just they just really need to i think if they refine some things like i really it comes down to like like you said like power creep stuff and the invasions like they really need to figure out how to limit that kind of stuff and i think like they're the new version of game it could be actually pretty all right if they can figure that out i just yeah, like, don't know it, what the I was playing earlier today because I wanted to like have it in my have it in my head of uh what's wrong with Gambit right now, uh and we had a, a match where so you need a hundred modes to summon the boss, and so someone came into our world one dude with Eyes of Tomorrow which is a very vicious rocket launcher in Gambit killed all yes. of us we dropped down to 15 moats like that's all we have deposited at the moment so now we right. have to basically start all over again and they summon the boss as soon as they summon the boss we have 15 moats invasion immediately happens yeah, it's like and it's like wh- how why is that allowed to happen you know yeah. like they have the boss it, it, like if you have your boss up and the opposing team doesn't you shouldn't be able to invade until yeah. they do at least and I don't understand, like, 
essentially they are fighting the boss and we can't even get a single batch of moats in because somebody constantly is coming and just murdering every single person on our team with one rocket shot. It's yeah. like, I cannot, this, how is this at all enjoyable in to, any way? Anybody, and, and yeah. it, it's just like, I understand. And I'm not going to be like one of those people who's like, did they even play test this? I know that they did, but I, I know that they're trying to try as many different things to see if anything's broken, but the community is just going to use the exact same, the thing, exact same over thing over and over and over and over again, because it works. Right. Uh, and that's the real problem, you know? Uh, so I, I, it was so demoralizing to the point of like, I don't even know if I want this mode in this game anymore. Like (laughs) I, where gamut is at right now is so unenjoyable that like, I am begrudgingly doing it for the, the XP challenges and then I'm not touching it. I'm deleting the extra bounties that I have. Like I'm not going into it. I don't want to, it's not worth it. It really, it's not it worth really, it. It really isn't. There's uh, so much better stuff to do. Like, why would I play Gambit? And yeah. I, I think like that's that's a problem. It's a uh, it's a problem for sure. And it's like it's hard to say because like uh, like if PvP had an issue of like getting new like modes or like new maps, even like Gambit is even worse than that because it like yeah they it got an update. It didn't get any kind of update until I think it got a similar kind of like change when Beyond Light happened. Which made it into the the, the not great version of Gambit was because which made them have to change it this time. So like they waited, they they did that for I a whole year. Oh sure. We'll be right back. Um, Cat panic. That's okay. Cat panic. <laughs> Cat panic. Um, we had. Yeah, but basically they spent a whole year until they made new Gambit changes like they did now. And now, you know, when are we going to get this change? You know, like who who knows? They made it worse is is basically the the summation. And they didn't. It's still the same four maps, the same four places and the same, you know, five enemy types. And it's still not fun. And and it's it's worse now than it was, and it was still very frustrating beforehand. So it's it's yep. I like I don't envy Bungie because it is like it is a nuanced mode that used to be very fun. Like back in the Forsaken days, I, I really yep. genuinely thought Gambit was a lot of fun back then when it was new. Yeah. And I don't know how you would go about making it more enjoyable, but like I know this ain't it. That's for sure. Yeah. I th- yeah. And it's it's like you said, like, is it worth is it worth salvaging at this point after they've tried yeah. a couple times now to salvage it? And is it is it more worth maybe just you know finally maybe calling it on this mode? Sunsetting and maybe <laughs> and maybe that is the thing they just say like, hey, we it might be. We and I hate come. to say that. Yeah, and that's and that's what it is. And like it and it, it is worth saying that like when they announced these changes right before Witch Queen launched, they said they are going to be doing a thing called Gambit Labs. Uh, like mm-hmm. they did with uh, they did this with trials, which is like the end game PVP thing you mentioned earlier uh, that they've been doing, where basically it is like sort of a it is like intentionally like a test, like different style mode for Gambit. And, th- and then I'm assuming that'll be another thing where it'll be like once a week at some point they will try this different style of Gambit gameplay instead of it just being like I think they, they described some of them, but I don't remember every single one. I know one was like a. And when a person comes and invades 
it's not a it's not a like they're trying to kill people but it's like they're trying to stay alive on the in their air, arena or something yeah they they're they drain notes as long as they drain notes or something like yeah. I, yeah and it's like at the end of the day i'm 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 for them trying different things to see if maybe there is like some kind of new gambit that they could essentially and like yeah. kind of the game that we once knew is maybe maybe done and done and maybe they one of these gambit labs comes out and surprisingly is very fun and then the community the likes it one. and it's worth trying and maybe that just takes the place of what we know as gambit now and i'd be cool with that too but i'd also yeah. be honestly cool with them yeah them just going like hey we tried a few of these things it didn't seem like people liked it i think it's just time like we we call it and then we put all of this focus and not this dev time into this and into like more pve stuff and also maybe like crucible, crucible. Yeah, I, but the the other mode was like when you bank mode, like when you hit the thresholds for invasion, uh, the other side gets the invasion, your side doesn't, mm. um, which could be interesting as well for those people that like bank a lot and are like running up the clock really quickly. Um, the other team gets to invade when they're doing that. So I think that could also end up being good potentially um, yeah. because like you are essentially putting yourself at risk by banking your modes. And I, I think that would add some more tactical you know mm-hmm. interest to the mode at least for me and that would ideally solve the invasion problem or, or at least adjust it but right. yeah it, it's like when the boss is is summoned like my feeling was like there's just just not be invasions for the boss fight part of the the match like it should just yeah. be for the mates or I, I, like I and I, I heard this idea thrown out of like invading like pulls you to an arena where you like 1v1 the other invader as opposed to them showing up Right. Uh, and it's like, like ruining it's like a, the time that you're having. Call, yeah, I could call it like Call of Duty does. I think like, yeah, like, like the, that, yeah. the the gulag. That's what they call it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, okay. And that's like when you die, that's how you get back. But I, I think that there is like some kind of idea there that could be cool. Like maybe when you trigger something and it just rips a random player from both teams into an arena where they have to fight. Whoever wins gets like a buff to the their team. I think yeah, that could be cool. Like, it's like moats or something they can bank. Yeah, and and like that keeps the spirit of PvPVE, but it changes it so it's not like somebody's just rolling in and killing your whole team all yeah. the time. Yeah, uh, right. Because that sucks. It it is never good. And and one of the things that they talked about was like they didn't want it to feel like uh, a good invader could could, could, could dominate could, the yeah. entire match. Yeah, it could and it feels like that. Still. Whole, yeah, it still feels like that can totally happen. Where this, like an one invader with one good weapon that they got. A really o- overpowered exotic for this particular style of thing can just can just call a match. It definitely still feels like that can happen uh, for sure. Um, but, but yeah, those, those those were the bad modes. That those are the, the bad problem. moments. I feel uh, yeah. I want I wanted to move on because we've been rant, like ranting for thirty minutes about uh, some destiny things. Oh my god, the Witch Queen campaign. The Witch Queen. Everything about. The actual expansion update that's not like these updates to this game, uh, to these uh, to the modes I would still consider side modes to the main mode mm-hmm. of Destiny in the main course of the Witch Queen, the campaign, um, and all of the PVE content and additions to that are like some of the, some of the best stuff they've added to the game. As like the best versions of things that have like, kind of existed before. Like there's been plenty of like various um like six player activities or like uh like weekly kind of mission grinds you can you can do um act in activities and like the 
like the campaign stuff. I just think they they nailed how to add these to Destiny and like in the best ways possible. Like I think just yeah. you know the campaign itself is like the best campaign that's ever been in a Destiny game, period. Like period. and I and I like that's and that's not me saying like the other ones were bad. That's me saying like I liked pretty much all those other campaigns and this one is significantly better. Better. it's a lot better and, and it's, that's and saying it's pretty, it's yeah pretty it's, saying ins- it's pretty insane how like a step above the this stuff is and it sets a bar for sure with these two other big expansions which are supposed to be kind of the you know they have said themselves in in interviews that like they are these next two expansions for destiny that are coming like by next year and the year after are going to be like their end game marvel's avengers like end game and infinity war kind of moments uh, mm-hmm. for this universe and like just like to even have this expansion before those is like holy crap like they're it i don't think like it, i don't think know? i don't think they were they they weren't joshing or like you know that wasn't just them talking about you know mark they're putting everything they can into these things and like man it's that's the whole the whole ride through that thing of playing yeah except we played it me you and ren on the legendary version they did a like a harder version of the campaign um which was uh, phenomenal. I will say so there's, fun. I will say there's a four. I, I broke up a into, I think it's like four or five parts, a 14 hour stream <laughs> we did on the launch day that is um, up on our YouTube channel. So if you really want to watch through all of that, you're free to, and kind of see some of our raw reactions to a lot of stuff. Yeah, We were blindsided multiple uh, yeah, times. There was, a, there was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. We just were not prepared for, um on you so many fronts. The excitement for sure <laughs> yeah and then and then on top of that i've gone through it again on my two other characters since i i run three different classes in destiny because i play a lot um and, mm-hmm. and it being able to like then play through those solo and i played them on the lower difficulty so it's definitely definitely much preezier um yeah, experience I, I would say um than that legendary campaign um but it's like there's just so many moments from that of like you literally you literally have an opening mission where you're on mars and like you know again this is like a weird this could be more story stuff that like doesn't make maybe make sense to me like mars is mars was like you know essentially thanos snapped from the entire universe of in in destiny is like the, pretty much the simplest way to put it um and just like the, for no rhyme or reason like literally this mission opens and just opens with ikora um just like flying to mars and they like don't explain any of it and you're just like what the fuck here's just mars and i'm I'm hoping maybe they get more into like what like they start getting more into like you know mysteries and like clearly setting up a mystery of like this planet's back and how the hell did that happen yeah and we're starting to learn like what might have happened to them to begin with and and it's cool that they are paying off on a thread you know that they set up over a year ago you know yes for sure um but it just kind of opens up and you're just kind of there and you have this entire like like mission I like didn't even really expect to play through. It's kind of like a, a really cool mission of like you fi- you literally shoot yourself out of a cabal uh, a cannon, cannon yeah onto like this mysterious Savathun like ship that has appeared on Mars for whatever reason, and also on Mars like there's like these weird distortions on the planet where where like inside the distortions you can see like the the past mars or, or maybe like an alternate universe version of mars who like they don't really again it's like not yeah, explained it's just kind of you just kind of like are dropped there and then you're just like what is all this insane stuff happening yeah. here and then mars is also where 
the relic is, and the relic is what uh, the tool you use to craft weapons, which yeah. is only added with this. So we'll talk about later, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. Like people have compared that mission to like the Phobos mission. Phobos is one of Saturn's moons that you never go to in uh, Destiny One, but the first campaign mission of the Taken King takes place there, and it's like a cool. Mm-hmm very more linear traditional campaign mission that that kind of leads into uh the taken king campaign right um or is like you know the opener to it and this definitely has a similar vibe of like we go from there to the ship to the throne world um which is the new destination for this expansion and then it's just kind of all bets are off like like we you you start going from mission to mission um i'll say like i'm not a halo person mm-hmm. uh i've played the halo games um, I, I didn't have like that, that opportunity to have like that campaign co-op halo experience, but yeah. I feel like I did get that with this, yeah. um, at least like the idea of like a prestige bungee campaign. Yeah. Like that's what this feels like. And it, it does. It's great. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely, it definitely feels like that in terms of like, there are these much more memorable sequences throughout this campaign of like these moments you go through um rather than like some like some of the previous ones where they they were there but also like a lot of these environments are just environments you're running through like 20 other times in some other mission where like a lot of these like that mars mission is just the mars mission and like you can play it and it's part of the campaign um and it feels and it feels like it like it feels like that moment from a, mm-hmm. from from this actual like story and ongoing campaign you play through rather than just like you know some other stuff in Destiny where like strikes for for instance are just kind of like these weird one-off kind of things that, that that are like that are like still like enjoyable but like kind of definitely much more basic missions where it's like oh I'm standing in this plate and kind of just you know fighting some dudes and you know using my guns yeah, and it's, it's an alright time puzzles in this you get yes, there's strikes there's, incorporated yes. into the campaign there's um, a lot more like you, set piece moments where you're like, you know, I'm going into this room and then, you know, you're having this bigger battle and then, oh, t- you know, to like, I have to do actual like, you know, mechanics or things to like enter to like, you know, open up this boss for an attack or like do damage to them instead of rather just being like, it's just this really big tanky boss that I'm just kind of fighting and just yeah. shooting at every so often. And the the best thing, you never go to the same place twice. Yeah. And and it's like un- when you realize that after the campaign is over, like the whole the, the big bowl that I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has seen. If you haven't played, like you don't go there till the end. Yeah, uh, and it's a big deal when you go there, right? Yeah, like that's pretty much. And there's where it, where to it know ends. like there's seven other missions worth of places to go. Uh, yeah. that you that are not there, and they're totally yeah. worth your time. You know. Yeah, and then like you go to yeah because that first mission is on Mars. And then, like, your first mission after that is, like, kind of your first introduction to the throne world. And, like, that 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 one is, like, kind of more on the planet and kind of introducing you to, like, the destination itself. But then, mm-hmm. like, as soon as you leave that one and go to the next one, then you're, like, underground in this, in this, in this, like, you know, this buried temple that was, like, a shrine to her, her sister, of mm-hmm. Seventeen Sisters, Evo Wrath, and like it's all like ruined. So it's kind of giving in like you know the whole thing with the Savathun's throne world. You know, getting into the lore of it for pe- for people who aren't familiar is like throne worlds in Destiny are basically like like you know universes, like their own little kind of like u- universes that are like created from like an image of like 
their their creator's mind. So like this whole throne world is is like basically Savathun's mind mind in this own way. So that's why. Yeah, they're they're what makes or... things immortal in this universe. Like if Savathun yeah. were to die in the meat space in the real world, she would go to she her her body would transfer to her throne world and she'd be reborn there, right? Like yes. that's how these things become immortal. Uh, if like you've played Dungeons and Dra- Dragons, it's like a lich's phylactery. Uh, it's a right. pocket universe, right? So yeah, uh, it, the the idea like you know the the ship in um taken king is technically a throne world as well right um so so this is not new necessarily to to destiny like the the shattered throne dungeon that was introduced in forsaken the first dungeon that they had of the game is marasov's throne world right like right this has been a concept that they've touched on before but never to this extent and and they get into it a little bit more here yeah uh and and being able to kind of explore one like this uh i think like if you're even not as familiar with that concept in the lore, like it makes a lot more sense playing through this. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, I think just the, the, like how they use that to like, not only tell the, not only like tell the story through the campaign, but also like kind of the, the like subtle nods to like, you know, this, this is like also teaching you about like where, where this, the mind of like the villain and Savathun is at, and kind of also like the, the experiences she's had and like you're, you're just getting so much of a more of a personal um, personal knowledge and like learning about this villain that they've never really done with any other villain in the game. I would say um, to the point where it's like, you know, like I was getting at like the third mission is like going to her sister's temple and like her temple is like just like part like mostly like broken down and now it's like filled with like an enemy that's been like invading her throne world or the scorn from a previous expansion who originally like fucked up like fallen but uh, but now they have been kind of assimilated by the true darkness um the big bad and now they're kind of working under them and kind of have been you know to take into that side but like her whole shivo ras temple is like kind of filled with them and like them the remnants of that and you know you go into it and it's all like grown over and there's the, the, the gross like little boils that you shoot that like make light or like all over the temple and it's like dark and dingy and like destroyed ruins and it's clearly like that's what like savathun like thinks of her sister which is yeah, like, that's where the relationship that's is what at, the relationship <laughs> is at and that's where like like you know their past history was and it's like it's just interesting to like think of that and they like have multiple things like that throughout the campaign of like you go to you go to a section that is like themed after what she thinks of oryx but like now uh oryx's thing is like in her proper new throne world now that she has the light and like her like light kind of like all like you said like the big bowl and all this beautiful like castle architecture is like because she's gotten the light and now she's like take trying to like overtake her original like swampy you know bog areas over with her with her new light like basically trying to erase her past her dark past with all the darkness things with this new bright future that she's trying to hope and obtain yeah and it, and like just the way that they play with her as a character and obviously like savathun even before she physically showed up in the story was already the most interesting villain in the game yeah uh mm-hmm. and then they they did a great job like 
having you talk to her, like I said, in, in the season leading up to this and the season of loss, like having actual just straight up conversations with her while she was yeah. kind of imprisoned. And that develops a rapport between you and her specifically. But, you know, you find out in that season that she was all you were already talking to her. She was already in the city. Uh, so now yep. you have a very personal connection to this character. So now we're kind of getting that intimate look in her inside of her brain and then seeing her memories through through certain campaign missions, finding out like the, the whole mystery is like how she stole the light um, mm-hmm. and, and what happened. And they do a great job of like keeping you on the hook for that. And, and destiny has never done that before. <laughs> like yes. yeah. even, even in like beyond light, the most recent campaign where it's like, we just got to stop Aramis. Like that's the whole, there's no mystery. It's yep. just, just Aramis. Yeah. Just stop she's her. Got, and she's and, got the power. She's got the ice power too. We got to stop the ice power. Ice power is bad, yeah. but not when we use it. It's, it's good and fun when we use it. So let's just stop yeah. it. You know, it's, it kind of, it kind of is, is way more nuanced, plate. you know, but it's, yeah, it's way more nuanced and like, you're learning much more about this, like the inner mind of like this villain you've been facing and like learning about for like you said week over week even even like in lore cards and pieces because she's always had some kind of hand in like you know either you know if it was like back when forsaken the whole storyline forsaken like she had some part to play in that and was basically kind of was the person who like put that in place all of that yeah and you know and now and you, you see some of that in in the throne world as well of like you know you go into you literally fight a freaking ahamkara which is the raid boss from from last wish in this it's, it's not like as an elaborate as a fight of course but you know it's it was it's still a shocking moment it's still yeah. an incredibly shocking moment that this thing just shows up in her throne world and just kind of calls back to all of these moments of like she's had a hand in all of this and like this is a part of her mind um is like really just so well done um yeah. in so many it's, ways it's so like fantasy but also they do it in a sci-fi way and it it is like that in a similar way to dreaming city was perfect space fantasy like this also i think achieves that same level of like perfect space fantasy like i love it it is a great merge of sci-fi and fantasy of the concepts of light and dark that that the game has been playing and toying with for years and years and years and now like every year it just gets more nuanced and interesting and like this is just the peak for sure at least so far and it's just nothing bad to say about that campaign front to back it's just so good yeah but it's so much fun. the thing with it uh that like everyone was really excited about this big new thing is fighting enemies that have the same power as you do these hive guardians yep um a knight a wizard and an acolyte each of like the the different classes that that you have um and i think fighting these guys was super fun i think they really delivered on a new enemy type that mm-hmm. was way more interesting than like just a standard boss type enemy or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's, they use, they use the interesting ways of like how we already in a way in PVP, like, you know, one of the cool things about PVP is like learning how to like, Oh, these abilities are, are like counteract abilities in this game mode already in certain ways. So like knowing that, knowing that structure and like, they just kind of applied that to like PVE, like in a way with this, mm-hmm. in a way that's just like fun to do because it's you know you have these hive guardians who can literally you know pop supers or or like the knight can make like a barricade just like a titan does and throws literally can throw a suppress suppressor grenade. So yeah, knock you right out of your not, super. Knock you right out of your super or like stop you from using abilities on him for a brief period. 
the like the hunter has like the trip mine the hunter version has like the I forget what it's called, but it's like a it's like an AOE grenade where like it throws it down and it makes a bunch of like little oh, little the tracker mines. Grenade. The seeker yeah. grenade, right? The freaking the, hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it sucks being like, oh right, I I throw this at enemies all the time and it feels good because I can. It just seeks to them. That's all I'm saying. It's like, oh wait, this is now being used on me. This sucks. Like yeah, it's rough. like the wizard dropping healing rifts that yeah, start healing just, the yeah, miners and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it just like, heals the miners and heals themselves. And you're just like, man, I've been doing this this whole time. This is <laughs> fucked up. I get why yeah. everyone hates us now. Like that's what it really but felt it's like. Great. It's like, just so fun. It's like such a different dynamic yes. into combat, and you have to like run in and crush their ghost, which is already mm-hmm. a, like a very dark concept in this yeah. game. It's but a, it, it's, it, it just feels so satisfying at the same time, which is like, yeah, exactly is crazy to think about. And but it, it changes like how you engage because like all right, I'm gonna let this person get low, but I'm not gonna kill them because if I can't get in close to to finish them then they're going to come they're going to get revived basically and come right. back and then yeah it it just like is so it's such a different pace to combat and i think like that level of design in moment to moment combat is like even pushed further in like the raid when you start getting into like that high end pve content where like the bosses in there are, like are similar in that they challenge you to engage in the combat very very differently and it it's God, it is so refreshing. Like it you is. don't know you needed it until you get it, and it's like, boy, I love this stuff so much. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 clearly being like, all right, they, we've we've had these powers that we're so used to for so long, and like, or had these very specific ways to use these abilities for so long that like now completely trying to upend them by not only like giving us new powers, but also like giving us new enemies that make us use these powers in different ways. It's like, yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very fun. And it's like, and it's so exciting to know, like, this is just kind of the start of that with, even with this expansion, like we know, like new updates to other subclasses that we've had for years in the game are coming, like hopefully more new enemies to fight in some way, shape yeah. or form, like different, you know, maybe even if it's similar things like this, where it's like an enemy type, we know, but they get more like, you know, different, different types of enemies to fight within their ranks that are more interesting and varied and have different abilities than we've ever seen before. Yeah. I think we'll see guardians on other enemy types again as well. Like I, I, I definitely think yeah. that's possible. And I think we'll see more like guardians of the darkness side. I, I definitely think that, that this is like a tee up for that of like stasis poison or whatever, you know, other darkness subclasses that might exist. Like yeah. we will fight essentially darkness guardians in the future as well. And I, I can't wait to see what that looks and feels like. Um, but yeah speaking of the updates to the subclass we we mentioned earlier but void 3.0 a rework subclass for each class uh, warlock titan and hunter Mm -hmm. Um, all great I I really genuinely think these are awesome updates and it's it it was one of those things where like stasis is obviously the new subclass that has a whole different system uh, of aspects and fragments which essentially just let you choose the abilities and mix and match them how you want as opposed to being like you have to commit to a whole tree of a subclass and maybe you hate the melee for that tree, but you like the super. So you kind of have to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they let, they give you that freedom to choose whatever super you want. Like, you know, if you like chaos accelerant where you can charge up your grenades as a warlock, but you want to still have Nova bomb, you can do that now. It's like, Oh, great. Like, hell yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And it, it goes even like it's, it even goes like deeper than that of like 
not only does like you get to choose a super or a melee, like you get to choose like, you know, things like, Hey, I, when I do this ability, like it recharges my grenade faster or proc something like devour, uh, or other things like that. And like, they applied the idea, what they introduced with stasis of like having like the classes, the, the each class, um, subclass for a class, I, sh- I guess that's the way to put it. Like has, yeah. Um, like a more defined role to it where like, you know, hunters are better at going invisible now on their subclass because of the abilities and the freedom to mix and match things. Um, and Titans now can make way more overshields and barriers and things like that for their class. Um, they, they can feed into these roles way more than they ever have before. Thanks to like what Stasis introduced with like, Hey, like, you know, warlocks are really good at freezing enemies and titans are really good at shattering the freezing enemies or shattering the, the ice crystals and things like that, where, yeah. like, they can further play into these roles in a way that, like, they never were able to before. And that's just been so much fun. Like, so good. Like, like we, we played uh, Void 3.0. Well, you played Stasis a lot for the campaign that we, yeah. we did, but, like... A lot of people say like they're like crutches in in PVE content, like the Well of Radiance, which is like this big empowering and healing riff. Like we didn't use that at all throughout the legendary yeah, campaign, didn't. which is which is very difficult. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like to yeah. say again, it was not easy, but we didn't. I didn't feel like we needed it right yes, at any point, yeah. and and we were getting as much enjoyment out of like this new subclass that I personally have not used a lot of in like the last year and a half. Uh, and it was so cool to come back to it and feel like it feels brand new, even though it's it's mostly the same abilities yes. that you've had before. Um, you know, obviously a couple new melees here and there, a couple new abilities here and there. Like the Titan, I think, got the biggest update for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's it's crazy how much it feels way more viable to do other stuff. And that yeah. is awesome. It, yeah. Like if they feel more like. I'd say in, in, in specifically with the Titan to me is like the thing this did to me for me the most was like, again, playing in the identity of the class, like for the Titan, it literally made that class a class for me because yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't before. If you really think about it, like, cause it was definitely that thing I thought about a lot of like when I, when you played a Titan before this, like literally like all like you had like the most basic of melees. It was just a punch on all three classes and the punch just had like a very basic modifier on it. Right. Like the one I, the, the main, the center tree one, which was, or the top tree Sentinel, uh, Titan. I was the bubble one. So you'd always do that. And all it's melee did was you just punch a dude. If you take him out, it would give you an overshield and it give anybody that's nearby an overshield. Which like, that's okay, but there was not really much to it other than that. And it was just a basic punch your your barricade didn't do anything you basically had the option to pull out your shield and run around and smack dudes with the shield or you can make a bubble um that like those were at least like you could do all in one which was which was okay but i think they that it was it made it less interesting because like ultimately you didn't really want to use the shield running around for anything you wanted the bubble that's like the main reason you ran that top tree sentinel before was just like we just want this bubble for a super dps damage phase in a boss or something mm-hmm. and like it didn't feel like i was playing a protector or like some kind of class it was i felt like i was just playing this role to be the super in a dps phase and not not much else like and that's always what that class felt to me but the idea of like 
like a sentinel or like a protector class is always really cool to me in any video game. And they finally just like made this class actually feel like that. Yeah. Where like now you have things in moment to moment gameplay, like putting down this, this barricade with the bastion aspect now makes it. So when you, if you put it, once you, when you first drop it, anybody in, in the near vicinity or standing right behind it, immediately gets a full overshield. So you have a full on protection, protective barrier on top of giving everybody an overshield. If you melee, if um, the, with the two different melees, they, they added a new, a whole new melee with it where you have a freaking like Captain America style Captain shield America throw. throw. <laughs> you just throw it and it ricochets between dudes. If you hit, if you, if you take enemies out with it or it hits them, depending on how many you get, it'll give you little chunks of overshield to yourself. But you also still have like the running and charging shield bash that was that wasn't on one of the separate subclasses from that, so you can never run a bubble and that shield bash. Um, so now you can run that shield bash and smack into a dude, take him out. It gives him a full overshield. Or now, uh, if it's if you're on a <clears throat> if it's a different style of enemy, like a bigger enemy that can't be taken down by one hit, it also weakens them, which is like a debuff you can apply now on Void where it weakens them and like stuns them. They go blind and they put like their face in their face in their arm and they like can take extra damage. Like it's like a 15% damage or something like that. So like you can, you can also like do that multiple things of like get an, give an over shield. Now that there's a fragment, there's a fragment that literally has pretty much the same effect of the standard punch that used to be on Titan is now just a fragment on top of all of these things. So I can go run into a dude melee him with that shield bash. Any nearby ally starts getting health regen immediately. I get a full overshield. Um, also, also weaken that enemy on top of that. And then I can still like, you know, get all of these other things. Like there's the other aspect that's offensive bulwark that I admittedly forget what exactly it does, but I think it's, Basically, like that's another reason why, like, um, I think it it re- re- helps recharge your um, abilities much quicker, and that's another reason why the yeah, like when you have overshield, way more uptime recharges faster. I think yeah, um, and they've also like democratized the grenades, so all seven grenades or six grenades are on all three classes. Yep. So like warlocks can run suppressor grenades for the first time ever, uh, and so can hunters. You know, like they mm-hmm. used to only be a titan thing. Um, but like, it it doesn't feel like while you can get a little taste of some of the other stuff, the subclasses can do, like you can set it up. So warlocks can do a finisher and go invisible like a hunter. It doesn't feel like that's not the warlock specialty, right? So it doesn't ever feel like that. They, their specialty is devour and procking health regen and stuff like that. And it, it, like you can really lean into that in like such a fun way. And the exotics that they made to go along with this help with that and it's just it's so fun i like i can't get over how fun it is mm-hmm. um and and yeah like i've only played a little bit on the other two classes because i'm mostly just a warlock person uh except when i need to run volts of blast for the 36th time <laughs> um but uh yeah like the titan was just immediately like felt substantially different like yes oh man i throw down this barricade and it's purple and i'm getting you see like the ray of light of like if you stand in it yeah. you're getting that overshield shields and giving stuff yeah it's, it's so cool it's it's really cool and like i think like the hunter is one that like i think like immediate like i think like first impressions made it not seem 
like that substantial. But I think like now that we're getting deeper and deeper into like content, we're really seeing like, wow, this this really the, the amount of like invisibility they can the, the hunter themselves can do, but also give to other allies like is like literally going to be like so so many saving moments that class can now do on yeah. top of now having a better version, an updated version of one of their supers. Um, that literally makes the arrow arrows track to enemies and you do way more damage and it literally applies like every st- like version of like debuff that you could possibly it gives like the best debuff in I think it's it's like in the same tier as like the best debuff anything can give where it's like 30 percent 30 percent the yeah. tether it makes enemies volatile and weakens and weakens them I think as well yep and or, so or, maybe, or maybe it's like we, it's like yeah or it's like weaken and suppress it's like Suppressed, one of the yeah it's one of those uh things as well and it's just like yeah now that that super just does that all in one which then also plays into like whenever a hunter applies any of those things or defeats an enemy that is affected by those things it go he they go invisible so you can yep. literally just like you know do that or you have like a version of what the stasis hunter had which was a shadow dive where you could like jump up in the air by an ice crystal and land down it does like a little shock wave and like shatters crystals around it um, which used to be a complete menace but now they've uh, i think they they learned their lesson from that version and now you have one where like if you have a you have a melee which on a hunter now by default and, and it always is just like a smoke bomb they throw down um if you have that fully charged melee charge um when you do it in the air uh you do like a, you do like a you do like a fall and at the at the at, when you land on that fall, it makes like a smoke cloud that uh, that like uh, suppresses enemies, but also makes any any of your allies invisible with you. So yeah. like you know, I've seen it already used to great effect of like, hey, a, a hunter hunter revived me, and then and then like as they revive me, they jump up and then just make us both invis right as I'm revived, and we can just you know get get out of dodge for like a terrible moment. Like having like stuff like that is like like really useful. Um, for sure and just having a hunter be able to more scope out of a battlefield and like survive in some of these crazier moments um is is uh really cool um and i i really like the, i pretty much like all three classes and what they've expanded on them uh quite a bit and it makes me like even more excited for those other subclasses that are coming like they're yeah one more we don't know exactly which one it is but like that's not that far People away seem to think- arc 3.0 is going to be the next yeah uh, like that's 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 the one i'm i'm most curious about uh because like i feel like that's the one that need that has needed the most change more than anything in my personal opinion um because there's just like i feel like that's another one where there's like i don't really i don't really know what the titans arc identity is because it's i feel like it's not really been anything besides thunder crash or nothing yeah yeah and like the other ones are like we're good we're kind of good in pvp but like not really had any place in pve in a long time the same with the the same exact same thing with the hunter one where it's like it's kind of good in pvp for like you know meleeing but it's not really that great because it can be countered by a lot of things or if you're just you know you know how to move around the game you can kind of outmaneuver that that super pretty easily that like the warlock arc class is like the perfect example of like i like bits from each tree but i do not like the commitment to like i want to run chaos reach but i don't necessarily want to run some of the other stuff with that yeah and i kind of have to commit to that in order to play that that subclass like 
now I'll be able to run Chaos Reach with Arc Soul, and it's like, oh yeah, hell yes, yeah, like that is old. that's all I've ever wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pr- it's pretty easy to see how immediately how much better that would make that yeah. Arc subclass for the Warlock, where the other two I'm like that they're the ones I'm most curious about because like and and the fact that they made like the Sentinel like uh, Titan Void 3.0 subclass probably like one of my favorite things to play in the game right now. Like that makes me kind of yeah. excited to see like. What are they going to do for these classes and then like figure yeah. out to figure out their identities where I feel Solar like 3.0. I'm so excited for for sure. Yeah. And Solar 3.0 is going to be really interesting as well. Um, I, I can't wait. And like I, it's such a refresher to the to this uh, to these subclasses because they have literally been these subclasses since Destiny 2 launched in 2017. Or yeah. well, or more, I guess you could say technically Forsaken because they, they did get an update in Forsaken. Which was, yeah. but still, that was 2018, <laughs> like four this years is ago. The, this is the thing, though, that, and, and it, you felt it kind of like half measured with stasis because it had these, this system set up. But this is the thing that makes it feel like Destiny 3. Like yeah. when we have all three new subclasses, this will, in my head, effectively be Destiny 3. Yeah, for um, sure. That'd be, and, and, and that's cool. That's like, that tells you how substantial a difference it makes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, we talked about the campaign and kind of our impressions, but, you know, again, with destiny, you know, it is a service game. It's an MMO. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself force myself into just calling it that. Cause I truly believe it is just that now at this point, um, yeah. there is end game content. There is, there's the, the lead up to the raid. We have, but we have both completed the raid, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of other new pieces of content that were kind of in between that to get us there like um i think my favorite thing uh which ties into another system that they introduced like it's it's like a pretty foundational um like system i would call it is weapon crafting um they introduced uh wellsprings and weekly campaign missions uh which are both like the week the wellspring is a six-player activity that opens up on the throne world it changes daily um, and there's one of there's a unique uh, throne world weapon tied to each day. So basically, like today, for instance, the day we're recording this, I believe it is the rifle. I think it is the sniper rifle. And then tomorrow yeah. it'll be the auto rifle. And then it goes two more weapons and then restarts that rotation. But also in that daily rotation, there are two different versions. There are two different versions of it where there's one is attack and one is defend. Um, where attack has you kind of, you know, basically like essentially sort of, you know, storming the castle, if you will, of that big bowl, er, that big bowl at the end of Sabbath things thing where you run down this, you run down this bridge fighting like it'll be scorn or it'll be hive, uh, uh, light hive, uh, depending on the day. And then, you know, you fight through those guys and then you get launched up these cannons to a, a, a payload like a like a defend payload that's moving through an area and you lead it up to this this uh to like the main area where you you break it open and then you fight a boss and then you get some rewards uh, like again which are those weapons um i will say um i like the mode a lot it's a lot of it's it is pretty fun but i think uh it has been plagued by these bad drop rates that are tied to weapon crafting, um, a new major yeah. system that they added to the game. Um, this is something. Yeah. This is something I was probably the most honestly excited for uh, going into this. And that's like excited and worried, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like that's saying something because of all the new like stuff we got. 
just because of like how much I like to invest in this end game stuff and having this whole new system to invest deeper into not just like the RPG side of like building my class out, but also now being able to build my weapons out how I want them and not feel like I'm, you know, running this thing 20 times to just make sure I get a roll or get all these umbral or stock up on like 40 umbral engrams to go put them into this thing and just hope for this weapon to drop. Like now you have these more directed paths that like, all right, if I play this activity enough, a red border weapon will drop. Um, And certain weapons are not fully craftable yet. I'm sure they will come as the game Uh, as the game gets updated with three seasons and stuff so like that the aspect of there not being a lot of guns right away is kind of fine with me personally because it's it's still a new system that people it's a lot of guns just separate from it you know (laughs) yeah yeah and there's still like a lot of things to figure out with the system and that's pretty clear from this initial uh take on it is that like one there's there on um, the cur- there's a lot of currencies involved with it again you know just, you can't see how many you have at any given time yeah, which yeah, is very yeah, frustrating yeah it's it's hard it's hard to like you have to like get a red border weapon and then if you look at the perks of the red border weapon they'll tell you how many of that element you have but then there's like a base level currency that you can't see unless you go to mars on the enclave uh, and you can see it there when you start crafting a weapon or you can use one of the like the th- like two or three destiny third party apps that a lot of people like you could use like destiny item manager or um, Braytech. And you can see them listed in those like third party apps, but just not directly in game, which is very weird. Yeah. Um but but anyway, like the thing with those also those like they're they have a bunch of caps on them, so you can only hold a certain amount of like these like there's neutral element and then there's resonant alloys and then there's um ascendant alloys and then there's you know different like you know ruinous yeah. element yeah you know, android elements and, and stuff android. Like that. there's a whole bunch of them, and like they're basically it's like there's a there's there's two base ones. Um, there's two, there's two base ones and then there's two and like the various elements are for like, you know, this, this element is like a damage style. So this, this current, this one's like tied to like the damage perks or like the helping with reload or handling perks. So like, it's like, they're kind of broken down that way. Um, they all, they all have, they all have, uh, currency caps, which is like a reality we're just like they're gonna have to live with because that's like you know limitations of a video game. Yeah, systems. but they're definitely too low. The but currency they, caps yeah, are some, too some low. Of them, some of them feel pretty low. Um, even even though there's like not that many weapons, I feel like I really, 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 really want to craft right away. You know, like I'm not like I'm not like feeling like it's. I think it's like a combination of some of these. It's not things. hurting as much right now, but it it, yes. it makes you not want to experiment as yes, much. Correct. And the biggest thing with that, and I know we we've, we've talked about this, is that like when you craft a weapon, uh, you've got that that crafted weapon, and then you have to use it to level up, and and you it always starts at level one, mm-hmm. uh, and and usually the perks that you can have from the beginning are terrible so you have to invest with a weapon that is not really the one that you want to use and then if you want to change anything at any point in time you have to respend all the materials you can't like perma unlock a barrel perk anytime you want to switch it you have to go to the crafting table and respend the exact same amount of materials that you did initially uh to change just that one thing right like you know per per part of the weapon uh and it's just like 
the a thing I, I was thinking about, like I have a level 36 glaive, right? Which, you know, we don't necessarily have to get into the new glaive. It's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> but uh, if I were to now go and make another one of that glaive, I don't have the option of all the perks that I've unlocked for my one glaive. Right. So, it, which is which doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I, th- yeah. I really thought of like, there should be like kind of like a universal weapon level for a weapon that can then apply to anything that you would craft with it. So that way you can at least use right. a version of a gun that you like, and then you can go and get the enhanced version of those perks on the crafted version that you have. Um, but it now, as it is now, you have like this one gun that it, basically you, you kind of have to use and then decide what you want to put in it and you can never change it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Mark, if you wanted okay. to switch an enhanced perk to another enhanced perk, it is very expensive to do that. Yeah, it's very costly for the currencies in the game right now. And yeah, that's like you said, it, it like it limits the it limits the feeling of like I want to experiment with this. It just becomes the like, all right, well, these people are saying this this is the best perk on this gun. I'll just like grind out these currencies and then make that, and then hopefully that'll be hopefully that'll be that should be okay for a while. But it doesn't yeah. it doesn't let you try and find like. It makes it feel currently less like you're making your own and just yeah. still kind of just making the best the best version of a gun there is, which is already kind of the which which is kind of what you were already doing before. Yeah. So like it's definitely it's definitely a, like that aspect of it is a little underwhelming that you that it like has the, issues, it has but it's issues. not like a deal breaker. I don't it, think it's not a know? deal breaker. Um, I still, they're definitely like, not to say there isn't weapons I want to craft. It just does not feel like I need to craft them right now. Like, and I, yeah. and, I and, and I have this drive to like make this best version of this weapon right now because it just, it just costs so much. And like, I, there's and not to mention like, you know, all the other things that existed before this, like drop weapons or like you focus Umber Engrams still exists in the game. Like none of that is gone. So you can still pretty easily get like a lot of really good versions of weapons. If you just like, you know, go focus an Umber Engram at one of these, one of these places or just like, you know, run some strikes and get some drops. Like I got plenty of like really good weapons, like already. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, so I do not feel like I need, I like, Oh my God, this, I like this bow and I can craft it, but like, I don't need, need like the best possible crafted one yet because this one is like still just good enough yeah the 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 thing that is tricky is like the the crafted weapons can are the only kinds of weapons that can get enhanced perks uh which are new to the game like yeah and and they're so expensive that it's it is such an investment and you don't know if you're gonna like it yeah. uh <laughs> it's right. it's and you don't know how much of a difference the enhancement's gonna make uh just because of classic destiny written menu text yeah uh that just says like greatly increases a thing instead of slightly slightly increases the thing, thing. Like, yeah what does that mean? you know like what does that mean? maybe that means seven even, seconds is, versus three yeah, seconds yeah you know? exactly yeah is this yeah is it, is it even worth it it's, it's just, just it, some of it just not does not seem fully worth it yet but i but, but at the same time it's like i know this like they take feedback very well and yes. i know and i know they're gonna keep looking like this you know crafting weapon crafting is a permanent thing that they're clearly like this is not this is not something gonna be like well we tried weapon crafting for this season and it's gonna get sunset like this is yeah. a permanent addition to this game that like is gonna evolve and and change over time and as they add more and more weapons to it so like i'm so like i'm I'm more than I'm still very happy that it's yeah, I'm in the optimistic. game now and I'm excited to see kind of 
what what feedback they take and what they adjust with it in the future. That's kind of yeah. where I'm, and I'm just kind of happy to wait a little bit longer because again, the thing that the things that already existed in Destiny before that I liked, you know, just Umbral Engrams and like things to like get more weapons and get more chances at better versions of weapons like exists now just fine and all of that stuff was generally like not not the ideal but like it was it was still generally like bit fun and manageable yeah. um to, to interact with so i it's, you know it's fine it's a good start like i think it is a stronger start than some of the other systems that have been introduced like yeah. i i think back to uh umbral focusing when they redid it in beyond light like when that started in season of the hunt, it was pretty rough, and then it yeah. got much better as that year went on. Yeah. Um. And and it is a similar thing of like, yeah, I, I could totally see this. You know, it, it has some issues now, but I I know this will be in a much better spot. Probably, you know, even next season or the season after. Yeah. Uh, like we won't have to wait long before I think a lot of these issues are at least talked about or addressed in some way. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and I do like that. Like they've already sowed the seeds of things to like do in the game to like grind out some of these materials. Like they introduced weekly campaign missions that have like a scaling difficulty and like the higher difficulty you do of them give you better chances at dropping of, like you said, that kind of rarer, higher tier um, currency that's called ascendant alloys that are used to craft like higher, like, you know, some exotics that are in the game, but also like, you know, getting those enhanced perks on guns and weapons um i i really like that they like did this um i just i just hope that like that's the thing they continue to do um in terms of like maybe in a few seasons like add like make the weekly campaign mission thing like a full-on like playlist with other campaign missions from other expansions or other even like maybe like seasonal like story missions if they end up doing any extras of those or you know we know like grandmaster nightfalls are kind of like a big end game thing they launch later in the season i hope that you can get ascendant alloys from doing those because we already do those a bunch and they're super and i like doing those because they are kind of that higher tier, like, you know, the, one of the harder, challenge, biggest challenges in the game besides stuff like raids. Um, yeah. So I hope they they add some of that stuff into the into those already like end game sort of uh, grinds and uh, weekly things to do. And a passive way to get like the base, the neutral element baseline material. Like I think just yeah. you should be able to get that from like running strikes and stuff like maybe not a lot. But if, as long as you're accumulating it as you're doing everything, it would make the the kind of expense of everything way hit way less um and i think yeah. that's just something that will come with time like there could be a ghost shell mod that could easily fix that problem and yeah just introduce totally. that next season totally. so like increased drop rate of this stuff from activities or something yeah and and i i, I think it's in a good spot from the get-go it's just it's you know they'll iterate on it and we'll yes. see how it goes they need they need, to, like, they need to finer tune it for sure yeah, just like Void and, and 3.0 and the other subclasses, like these things will change and evolve as time goes on. And and I'm excited about that. I'm not like upset that it's not where it's not perfect out the gate because I think the this first step is a strong first step. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent agree. Um, yeah, there, there there's some other like smaller activities, but I think the big boy we should really talk about from this because we just recently played it. It was just this past weekend. Vow of the Disciple the new raid that they introduced. Holy crap. 
I mean, I'm is, curious because like I we play we ended up finishing it separately. Right. We, so yeah, so, you, you can go see. Yeah, we we did a day one attempt the contest mode. Uh, that's like another like 10 hour stream we did. <laughs> I probably admittedly, we probably won't. I probably will not unfortunately archive that one. But, you know, I think even by the time you hear this, you still might be able to go on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash rational passions and maybe watch some of it there. Um, but we did a, yeah, we did an attempt at it. Even then I was having a lot of fun as hard as it was. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, we ended much up more with, ready for it this yeah, time. Much more, much more ready time. for it. Um, for sure. Um, but it, yeah, then I think we en- ended up having different uh, times that we went to uh, run it with like different groups. I think it just worked out that way because uh, yeah. of timing. Uh, time stuff, you're you're stuff. a real adult that it sleeps at normal times. And yes, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, some of it was just like, I, I have to start working again this week. And I we have a lot of like, West Coast people on yeah, our and, squad. And there's, so yeah, like, there's like a lot of different time zones that we that we have to deal with sometimes, unfortunately. And yeah. yeah, I ended up playing with uh, like my giant bomb uh, clan group and you played with our usual like kind of PlayStation uh, group. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, so what did you think uh, of I, like actually going through it from so, the back? Yeah, and so, all that? so, well, so we in my group, we didn't start from the beginning. We we we, okay. we, we, we jumped into where we left off from that stream of like we were on the second boss encounter or the, or the first, I guess the first second encounter, first, boss, second first, encounter, first yeah. boss. Yep. Um Man, I th- I think it's probably up there with one of my favorite Destiny Two raids. Like, period. Yeah, um, me too. It's like every every encounter just has like something about it that's super fun. Um, yeah, and also like like different from like things we've. I mean, except I guess one one encounter, which like is the thir- the, the encounter after the third one, is literally literally taking different uh, relics from previous raids and incorporating them all into a single encounter which is crazy to think about it's a wild encounter too like that third one where you're just you're fighting tons and tons of enemies it is it's very reminiscent of the third encounter of deep stone crypt as well where it's it's kind of like just pure (laughs) chaos Uh, but like it it demands way more organization like and and you have to know who's doing what at at a given time yeah because you have to swap Um, you have to swap between basically it's this encounter where like each each it's a, it's only like three rooms of like or it's like four rooms of things four you have rooms, to do yeah. in and you're basically going to these points taking out enemies and calling out these symbols that you see but it's like the rooms are getting progressively larger and they're adding these extra relics that are from previous destiny raids um that incorporate those mechanics from those things into the like this single encounter like you have the the relic that was from the the original vog um, destiny one raid and now remastered in destiny two where you straight up have to grab it and and like to make the barrier to cleanse your allies so they don't get blinded or killed um, yeah um there's the 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 last there's the little like orb that's like a little it's a little like um cranium like thing where it shoots a little laser which that's in like multiple raids it's like that's like in last wish that was in leviathan and it's in like some other activities where basically it, it can break it, there's these immune shielded enemies that are throughout the area and only that laser can break them so that person has to go find these enemies hidden in particular areas to break their shields so people can take them down and then eventually you get the taken orb that was from last wish the last wish raid um or more recently if you played through season of the lost 
um, through that realm. What was the, I already forget the name of that activity, the uh, astral alignment. That's what it is. Yeah. That, that activity, you get like little taken thing. Or whatever. Yeah, you can, you can shoot with it, but also you have this like little AOE when you hit your grenade button where like and you're cleansing these taken orbs that are like latching onto enemies and making them immune. So you have to like leap. So you basically have to like run your own way around to like get to these points to like take them out. So it makes the enemies uh, not immune so you can kill them. That makes like other things spawn in the room, like the actual enemies you need to take out to like make these symbols appear and yeah it's just no. it's just it's just utter chaos it's so okay and like people with artifacts can see one set of symbols and people without can see the other set and then yeah. you have to find the matching one between the two it's like it, it demands communication as well like throughout the whole raid in a, yeah. in a really cool way um it, it like it it very much the the call outs and stuff like that remind me a lot of last wish uh, in a good way, uh, they yes. gave all the call outs names this time. Yeah, they, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. That, that was like that's like one of the best things they did for sure. It was very funny when the, you, you, you literally enter. You like when you first go in because the whole the whole pyramid takes place in a in a pyramid. That's the mm-hmm. whole thing with the on Savathun's throne world. Is this big. You'll see this when you're walking around the throne world. You'll see in the distance a, a little a darkness pyramid ship just like hanging out there, and then that's eventually where you go for the raid. Um, yeah, when you first enter the pyramid and go right before the first encounter, there's just this room, this little big hall of like symbols, and you can walk up to them and see all the names. So remember that whole moment of like, all right, we have to sit here and na- remember all these names of these. I literally wrote down all. Wrote, the names. wrote them all down, and yep. <laughs> um, and so that whole first encounter was like a like is like a big learning experience, uh, which was like super interesting because you have to learn all those symbols and like you know. And, and learn all of the communication of those symbols, right? That's like that big, that's like the big thing with that encounter. Um, and then of course you have like the first boss, which is like the, the one of like the, I, I thought they would, I thought they wouldn't go back to like having like a major DPS check boss right away. Yeah. When, the, with, with what happened with a track last year, but they, I mean, this was the, the, that raid boss again, all over, I think for a lot of people where we got stuck on this boss called the caretaker and he's just like scorn, you find out in the lore that he's like the first successful uh, scorn who's been fused with like a hive with like a worm, a darkness hive worm. Um, And he has this like crazy, like he's like, he's like shuffling around this big, like, uh, like crux of darkness on his back. And you have to like, one person has to like get his attention and like have him, have him like uh, uh, have these, you have to like grab his attention with like whatever you can, like shooting him or whatever. And then you'll get this gaze and then it'll open up the thing on his back and another person shoot it to like stun him. And all while those people are like literally like babysitting this bot, this boss who's trying to murder you. Yeah. Three other people are running. Three other people are like, or three or a few other people are running into this room to pick up symbols that are on this, this, this totem that the boss is trying to get to, to wipe you or completely take everybody out from the encounter. And then you have to call out and shoot all the symbols at once with a group or like when, when I was doing it with my group, we just actually had two people kind of doing the duty of that and having more people. Yeah. That's what we ended up doing. With too, clear. Well. Yeah. It's definitely uh, a little bit more manageable with that. And like you're doing that. And then you, when you go into DPS, there's these very specific plates you have to stand on to even damage the boss. And those are rotating while you're, while you're doing damage. And then you do a certain amount of damage to him. He then teleports to a whole nother floor. You're literally chasing him up multiple floors to, and like repeating these steps in it. And it's like, it's like an insane, like labyrinth uh, encounter that was really cool. 
Um, not anything I've like, I feel like that's like not a style of an encounter I've seen in a, in any destiny raid before. Right. Yeah. Um, agreed. I think that's like, like the, the stunning, the boss is like a similar mechanic, but the way you go about doing it here is very different and it requires like so much more attention and all the while, like snipers keep spawning. So you have to deal with them or else it's game over. You know, it's, it's, it's very intense, yeah, <laughs> especially that second floor. That second floor yeah. sucks. It's it's very very intense, and I want to say like um, now we'll talk about the final encounter. Um, again, I, I should, we should have uh, said spoilers warnings for a lot of this stuff up up front. Just throw but, it up but in but the hey, video. Just yeah, I'll big just, spoiler yeah, tag. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll throw up in the video, being like, hey, spoiler warnings. Um, the final boss is like a, a an enemy race or um some kind of enemy that we've like never really never seen in the destiny universe like period um and like i i I don't know about i know like a lot of people in our in our group like after that day one experience like went and watched a lot of streams and stuff my clan group um four there's only four of the people have like not seen anything of this raid beyond the point they got to because they got pretty much to this on they tried day one with the group and got to the same point that we pretty much got with like they got into the caretaker fight and like couldn't get past caretaker. And so they had not seen those two other fights. And like, I had not immediately seen much either. Like I watched some guides and like some videos, but it's like the insanity of this encounter, both these encounters cracked dude. It's like, it's like, you can't like, I can watch those. And like, I, I have to like just do the encounters. Cause I, I will, I can't make sense of what's happening. It's freaking insane and cool. Um, but like, I have no idea what's going on this whole time, but basically you fight Rolk, the first disciple of the witness, um, who again, who's the witness is kind of more so revealed at the end of the campaign as kind of like, you know, at least as we know, kind of like the, the biggest of of the darkness, um, that we've kind of seen so far in the universe. If he is truly the Thanos, we, we don't know yet for sure, but it's, 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 it's what we know of so far. Right. Like we just know, like he is like the biggest, the highest on the totem pole of villains that we've seen like in destiny period so far. Um, and you kind of learn a lot about that through the lore of the raid, which I will, we'll get into after this. Cause Holy crap. The lore is it's for so this good. entire raid is like, incredible like and the storytelling is better too like i I genuinely think they stepped up because like there's a mission that unlocks after the raid where you go back into it and you get to hear a lot of just narrated dialogue that you know they from the raid boss himself like who yeah that's never been done before in destiny yeah destiny doesn't do that kind of stuff yeah or or you have to like go read it read like multiple segments of it through some lore book And you can get more from those books, but now you at least get a good grasp of like who this guy was and why he was such a monster. Yes. Um, And so crazy intimidating. But like this fight, this last encounter is like it's two parts and they're Mm -hmm. both extremely intense uh, and they require like a rhythm and and like your team kind of like cycling between things. But like most importantly, like the fight fight like when you go to the second part yes uh, it's like an actual like, fight and it's it's, it's like crazy. a real fight <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it, like it's this, like weird to say this guy is like, coming after you yes. the whole time <laughs> yes it's, it's weird to say because like to put it i guess to put raid bosses in destiny in general in perspective is like a lot of it is like you doing mechanics to this kind of like you know either it's riven who's like this big like ahamkara like dragon head who's like stuck out of the wall and he's just this it's just like this thing in the wall that you're kind of fighting 
and like you're opening it up for an attack or like other bosses that like you can't really get near and like and like you know because they'll just do the usual thing of like i'm just going to stomp you and it's either either going to immediately kill you or launch you across the room away from me and like and like usually the, usually when the da- damage phase happens for most bosses in destiny it's just they stop in some place and then you're just like hitting some you you drop a well body. you pop you a bubble a well and yeah, you hunker and you do dps this, this dude when you're dpsing him he will straight up just run up on you <laughs> he'll like charge, ruin your day <laughs> he'll charge at you with a glaive he'll just kick you in the fucking head like he'll he'll he like he like you know is doing all kinds of things and like you're just in an arena with him and like the, the way you like go up to, into that battle like like he's like you said like the first part you're talking about where you're where you're like literally like some person has like a a d like a, a technically a debuff but then they're the boss is like shooting giant lasers across the arena and the person actually has to with that debuff has to jump into the laser to get a, a better version of that buff that lets them go through this big barrier that the boss is putting up and all while doing that the other people are like looking at symbols in the room again then they have to find these specific symbols to call out to the person so they can go you know dunk basically dunk the the power into this which pushes the shield back and after you push it back enough by doing that like rinse and repeat you then have this like like it's always like a cool like will he won't he moment of when you have to go do dps because you're looking at you <laughs> yeah because the whole time he's just like staring at you from like floating up in the sky above the arena and then when he gets pushed back all the way where you have to go in the arena he just like freaking like like you know he pulls lightsaber, out his weapon he like lightsaber <laughs> swings his glaive around like come the fuck up here we're about to fight and and you run up these stairs and you're in serena with him and he's just running around he's like you know trying to slice you actively with trying to kill you Active, the whole time actively trying to kill you while you're and he's like shooting the lasers out of his body and when he's when he does this like again like that whole person gets a debuff and then they have to get a, the, the laser to hit Absorb them the laser and then dunk it somewhere in order to to make yeah. the boss vulnerable yeah, yeah. it's crazy but like the the fight is just it's we've never had a destiny fight because like like we said before a lot of it like atheon is a perfect example trying and true uh the vault of glass Mm -hmm. final fight you hunker you sit in the same spot for 30 seconds and you just do as much damage as you can you just can't do that here you know you everyone is constantly mobile and so is the boss and he's coming for you he's he's just (laughs) constantly trying to like run up on you and you know, like you can do some, you can do some things where like one person has to like, can like try and pull aggro and then like he, they're like actively chasing him around, but still that leaves like a whole lot for that one person to just be like, Oh God. And like running around constantly. Cause he's either doing this like big dashing lunge or he's shooting lasers around the room or he's, or he's like kicking people in the face, which is like, I'll, yeah. never, I'll never get, I'll never not laugh when I see somebody yeah, just great. Like fucking, he just does his little kick, kick, and just gets clocked in the, the face. And then you're just the like, the first time oh we God. did DPS uh, with our crew, like we got up there and it's like, all right, let's, you know, we're we're gonna feel this out. He just ran up, killed two of us with a kick immediately, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh fuck, it's all falling apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's just, but like that's so fun. It's just so different. Like you're rotating around this small square and constantly shooting at him during the damage yeah. part of it, and yeah. it's so stressful because he's trying to kill you the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. there's just never been a boss like this in Destiny ever before. Even in the Legendary campaign, there's not anything quite on this level. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's so fun. It is just the most fun fight. I couldn't get over how much fun I was having. Like, just going, like, it feels like a really tough tug of war that you're just trying to yeah. keep, 
on your your two feet while you're yeah, fighting this guy. You're just trying to keep a hold of so many things, like knowing when these symbols are popping up or knowing where knowing the placement of where he is or if he's gonna like pop off his laser move or do whatever the thing. Like, yeah, it's it's so much more of an active fight than like any other boss that's like been been ever a boss in a particularly a destiny raid like i think this boss like you know feels way more like a proper mmo like major mmo boss like that yeah i was thinking about final fantasy 14 the whole time (laughs) yeah and just like having these tells of moves you have to move out of the way of and like and like these these moves can be devastating or like you know and looking for your openings and it's 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 just it's so it's so freaking well done and it's so much uh freaking fun um, and keep in mind, while you're fighting this, you're on t- uh, floating above a giant world, a planet killing weapon that is also, also above a giant, giant hive worm. A giant, <laughs> a, a giant a, one of the, those worms are considered gods to the hive, which are like the genocidal race that you're like have been fighting for destiny for years. This dude just like literally plucked the the literally the mother to all other worm gods um from from the, her habitat from uh, we, we assume was like the deep or fundament or whatever i'm getting yeah. uh, sorry i'm getting way deep into destiny lore for people by the way <laughs> we're just like what the fuck did you start talking about but anyway <laughs> um, yeah he basically the whole like that worm that you see in the raid which is like such a cool ass like yeah, scene, so many amazing skyboxes skyboxes and, and scenes and like just like the whole raid like setup of like, you know, as you like progress through it, you're like seeing different angles and getting closer and closer to this scene as you see it. And it's like so freaking well done. We joked ahead of time too of like I we don't even know if there's gonna be a giant hive worm in there. It turns out there was <laughs> Yeah, it turns out there was. And basic and, and not only is it like it's like one it's like a very important worm, because like again in the lore I think it's like I think it's lore you can read on one of like the the, the new raid armor pieces is that worm is named Zeta and it's, the, and it's the mother of the worms. And like, she, so like, basically it's implied that like, she is like the, she birthed not only the, the other worm gods that are considered the worms that like the hive served to, but like basically all worms. And that's like the whole thing with this pyramid is like, you go around it and you see all these worms and cases and like, like almost looking like they're dissected or whatever. And that's because she's the one who's like manufacturing all the worms. And, and that's what like the original goal was with, um, with seven in Sabathine's throne world was to have this like worm production facility, which was this pyramid, which was Rolk, which is what Rolk was like, ended up having to do because he, he failed like indoctrinating some other race. Um, beforehand yeah. like and that's kind of the lore of it of like that's why his he he's in the throne world is basically he was the first the very first disciple of the witness which is basically like his their like the, the, the witness's direct servant um and he became <laughs> the disciple of the witness by literally murdering his destroying his entire home world and murdering his entire race and his father and mother <laughs> like yeah, he became it's that which, dark stuff. which which made him the disciple of the witness, and he became these dark. He blew things. up his the sun to his world, like he destroyed his planet and his entire species. It's like yeah, next level shit of like this. Like it, it it is cool because we've heard stories about like the hive doing this essentially to many worlds, yeah. uh, and now we have learned the origin of like a uh, one person that can that has done this to many worlds. You know, yes, like correct, and like that, it's that, intense it's pretty it gets pretty intense in that lore and then basically you learn that like he went he went to go under the under the witnesses uh rule to go to like another planet 
to like basically like have like get another disciple for the witness and like he, he like starts like training this person and that and that thing like and he basically like kind of sees what he uh became in that one and that one like wipes out the race of their people and becomes one of the last living ones and he like basically it was it was not intentional for him to do that and he basically like fucked up that's basically what it yeah. comes down to because like that was not what he they like the witness actually wanted the witness wanted like a whole new like army essentially from this from this new group and then him doing that Rolk end up um having that failure happen is why he was then sent to Savathun's throne world and the pyramid to over to um basically kind of oversee her um which then led to like her not liking that and seeing like what the witnesses plans were and stuff like that. And she, she being like, you know, knowing that like, you know, like, uh, the, the witness was like kind of all in the play of this or whatever. And like, not wanting to be like an underling to him. Yeah, she and didn't like, want to be beholden to anyone, beholden to anyone. She then, um, <clears throat> the, she then, then went on this whole ploy to get the light. And then she, you know, that's the whole she used it to beat Rolk's ass, you know? Yeah. And, to and, base, yeah she locked, she like trapped Rolk in that pyramid. And then like, obviously we take her out in the expansion and not realizing like that was, that all happened. And she like, and how she actually gets the light, which I guess we didn't really like touch on story wise, but like spoilers, she's like basically comes to earth and is like begs for the light from the traveler and the traveler gives it to her. And so like, she gets, she gets turned into a guardian and loses all her memories like a guardian does in, in the world of destiny. And then the whole campaign is us like trying to figure out how she got it. But in doing that, we're give, we're feeding her memories back to her because her throne world is an image of her own mind. So she's like getting directly fed her, her memories. Thanks to us to learn all of this stuff. And we give yeah. we basically have this thing where she knows the witness is coming to destroy the traveler and is like on this vendetta to destroy the traveler. And her ploy was to like trap the trap, the, you know, bathe the throne world in light and, and protect it, protect it that way with her power. And then, you know, put the traveler in the throne world to protect it from the witness, which in one way is a good, like technically kind of a good thing, but in doing that would then strip like humanity of its only way of surviving, which is the light. So like, yeah. that's why ultimately we kind of have go there and try and stop her. Um, but like we, we learn about Rolk's homeworld Lubre and like the traveler went there and then left, yeah. you know, and like where we pick up with Rolk is like years after that. And it's like, they're just a mess. It's like a civil war because some people side with the light and some people side yeah. against it actively, you know, and it, and we see kind of like just more and more of that kind of gray area of like the traveler isn't like the light. It is a being that makes mistakes and, and makes choices uh, and we see that with Savathun. We see that with what happened to Lubre and, and Rolk and stuff. It's it's just very, very good storytelling of just more and more gray area between the light and dark. And it's it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and that that final boss fight is is one for the, the history books. It is just so, so good. Yeah. It's it's one of the most fun raids overall. And one of like the coolest boss fights. And I'm like. I like I'm so excited to like just like have that be a rave. We're just like kind of as a group doing a bunch um, mm -hmm. and, like over time. And I can't wait to do more of it. Yeah, you're running it again tomorrow. I uh, ran it. I'm uh, running it again. Time. I'm running it again tomorrow and um, Saturday <laughs> from this recording. Yeah, it's a it's a good time. And, and it's just like 
it, it it is like just the icing on top. When when I you know they they had said like all they had said about the raid was that it would be in a pyramid ship in Savathun's throne world. Like you have a high expectation for that. I think like because mm-hmm. they didn't really give us that with Beyond Light. They didn't like give us that moment where we finally figure out what's going on inside a pyramid ship or what the what a darkness race would look like and right. and what any of this would be. And they I they delivered on that. You know it was a high bar and I think they really delivered on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm genuinely genuinely uh, impressed um, and excited to see where where Destiny goes this year because of all the stuff they set up uh, yeah. with like kind of this expansion and like I still feel like we don't really know where like the seasonal story stuff is going like we we've, we've like just started getting into like that kind of uh, season because like uh, unlike other uh, seasons prior like. The season of the Risen, which is the current one we're in, like launched alongside um, the Witch Queen expansion. So like the stories are kind of like kind of in tandem with each other a little bit because like the whole setup of the season is like, well, Savathun got the light and now her guardian hive are like like kind of coming out of the throne world and like fucking up like, you know, and are, you know, in different parts of Earth, like trying to come after us and we need to stop it. So we uh, get back on the side with Keitel who's the current emperor empress of, you know, all of the remaining cabal forces. And they, we kind of team up with them to like, you know, use their, use the scions, uh, of, of Kaido's forces to go into the minds of the, of the hive guardians that were capturing to like, figure out like what, why they're kind of like outside of the throne world. And they're like, they're like gathering light or something and like doing other stuff taking light from guardians yeah taking light from other guardians and like trying to basically we're kind of like figuring out where that mystery is going um i don't think it's going to be like it doesn't seem like it like it's been interesting but like i don't necessarily know if it's going to be like as directly as like this is going to go right into this next season next as season. much as yeah this other thing i think like we might have a, a thing where like this like the effects of like other things like i think it's more it'll be the effects of the campaign of the witch queen where like, like, like this other race, like just got the light now. And like, what the heck is up with that? Um, and I think it's going to be more of like, I think the seasons might be more wrapped around that reaction or like the reaction of like knowing like the witness is coming for us and like coming to our solar system. And like, we know that aspect. So maybe it's like, you know, going to be more of like a people, like people either in the Vanguard or other races of characters we've met previously. Um, well, or maybe going to like join forces with them to like figure out what their plans are to like prepare for this or something. It's for just, sure. it's but just, it's just, it's, it's pretty wide open right now. So I'm curious. The season definitely has leaned more into like actually developing more characters and stuff, which has been yeah. great. Like Saladin, uh, the iron banner guy is, is like a big central character. Crow is a big central character yeah. and Zavala is a big central character of the season, which were like the character, the three that, that didn't get as much attention in the campaign, um right. so it, it's just it's really it, it's like they're they're hitting on both fronts and, yeah. and they're making the characters way way more into like ikora is like so good in the witch queen campaign like yeah. I, I really like mm-hmm. ikora just to begin with but like she goes through doubts we see her struggle and then we see her like outmaneuver savathun and yeah. and it feels great when we get there um and in a similar way like we see keitel and savala and saladin and crow all like having these really interesting conversations throughout season the risen so far that I've just adored. 
Yeah. Especially there's a great scene, uh, backstory scene with Saladin that is just absolutely stellar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, really, I definitely, that there's a really good backstory cutscene where we see like kind of, you know, him trying to teach a lesson to Crow and Crow still kind of like being in this weird, you know, I, like for a lack of a better term, he's still kind of, he's kind of in an emo, emo, like, yeah, he's in his adolescence. <laughs> like it's, it's like, you know, cause he, you know, against, you know, for the season before, um, which queen launched, like Crow was originally Aldrin the brother to Marasov, who was like the, she's the queen of the awoken race. And like, he also was like the murderer of one of our, you know, Vanguard leaders back in Forsaken. But then he was, uh, revived as a guardian and he did not have those memories until that season where Savathun gave him all those memories back. So he's like dealing with those memories of like actually knowing who he was in his past life. So most, most guardians don't really have, but also like now he's like, but he still kind of wants to be crow and be like a guardian and like, you know, continue to help humanity. And he's still trying to like learn those ropes. And it's kind of interesting to see like Zavala and Saladin, like take the role of like his, He's like a mentor yeah. figure because like I those those were the characters I was not expecting to be the the mentors to him. But and I think that's interesting of like Saladin, who's definitely like you know he's an old war dog like style <laughs> character, and he's you know has a very very you know rigid mentality to things where he straight up talks about you know crushing the skulls of the hive and in like you know and then we have he's Crow. killed ghosts before right like people's yeah, he, ghosts yeah he's killed you know, people's like, ghosts and you know he's 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 had to do things he's you know he's not proud of and he's very much like that very style of figure where you have crow who's like a little bit more a little bit more innocent innocent or more i guess like i guess innocent maybe he's not the exact term but like like you know he i guess he has he's a little bit more empathetic to like you know hey maybe having these scions like you know torch essentially like torture mind, mind freak mind torture these like hive guardians who were just trying to like you know you know be, like join the light and also like fight against this this evil thing maybe it's not so bad i don't know yet like we don't know maybe we shouldn't just jump to like this is there immediately like the worst thing on the planet kind of mentality and like you know obviously but obviously like you know zavala and saladin being who they are and having gone through their experiences like they're just like no we're not yeah we're not in the sky like you know we're doing what we gotta do we, we need to do this we need to you know this is what we need to do survive and like that's like their mentality right so it's like interesting so like i'm interested to see like what they how they evolve this stuff um, there's also like callous stuff that they're setting up with this oh season. my like, god just so much boys you know? coming like, home. yeah callous is definitely yes. like we know what a disciple of the witness looks and feels like now and now we know like that trajectory for someone like callous is the first raid boss in destiny 2 like we it's uh, so exciting to see what they're setting up with him so. yes i can't i can't wait to see uh what the future holds for destiny 2 and its seasons and like really it's not that far off because i think the next season starts at the end of may may yeah um and i'm sure we will be here to cover it mm-hmm. um but not only cover it for irrational passions but in a brand new way alex o'neill mm-hmm. that's right subsidiaries left and Sub- right <laughs> subsidiaries is a good way to put it um yeah. we're gonna be we're not done with destiny content is basically what we're saying here because i and also alex as well we're launching we're gonna be launching pretty much around if not like the same time this review discussion goes up helm to tower 
bringing it back. Yeah, if, if for yeah, folks that yes. listen to Farm to Tower, yeah, Farm to Tower. Um, I, I asked Alex, so I was just like, "Hey, Farm to Tower had a good name to it, but but it's obviously like the farm's like dead. The farm's gone. The, the farm farm's got gone, sunset. But there is the helm, and Helm the Tower sounds pretty cool too. And he was, yeah, it's like, is he cool if I use this name? Because I technically was not there, but um, we're kind of yeah, it's kind of a successor to that to the destiny coverage of your that irrational passions once did in the form of a like side youtube channels so that way when you come to our youtube channel like it is right now and you see like 10 destiny videos in a row it's like oh that's that's that's, that's interesting uh yeah they'll have it they'll have their own dedicated place they for it now. Have, they, now you can go you'll be able to go to youtube this youtube channel which will be linked down below how youtube.com i don't think we can have slash home to tower just yet but um you'll be able to go to that link below and check out focused destiny coverage um from me and from alex um it'll be an array of things it'll you know some of the first videos you'll see will be more like you know we i won't be getting deep into the weeds of some of the discussions we had here today it'll kind of be starting at like at a pretty basic level for the first couple of videos of like hey what the, where the heck is destiny right now in 2022 um i maybe have played it before or i've not played it at all and kind of want to get into it i'm seeing people talk about like how this is like the best destiny's ever been and the witch mm. queen and all this stuff so i wanted to make a couple of videos as somebody who's like now has you know, I have not checked the most recently, but I'm probably over 2000, uh, maybe even closer to 2,500 hours into this game. Now, yeah. uh, these days, um, I play a lot of the end, the, the end of most end game content in this game and kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, so I kind of want to, so I immediately, I will have some, I think there will be a lot more focus on that style of uh, content in the future. Yeah. Um, but for the first couple of videos, you'll see like, Hey, if you just want to jump in and start playing destiny, here's some, here's some, here's some info for you. Here's some like basic mechanics of like, here's how these weird mods work that you're unlocking on a seasonal artifact. And like, what do these even do? What do these even mean here? Like what I'm, I, maybe I go to this destination and this weird thing is going on and what the heck does this even mean? Like, I, you know, I just wanted to make some basic stuff that maybe like people who've been playing destiny for years, like, yeah, they're going to. They already know the stuff. They've played this stuff to death. But somebody, there's still plenty of people who are brand new to the franchise and just want to check it out. Yeah, and um, I'm I, my stuff I plan on to doing is like if you've watched Destiny YouTube content before, it might be some familiar stuff like build videos or guides or stuff yeah. like that. Um, and we'll see like where that goes in the future. But like yeah. that's the stuff that I like to to interact with, and I definitely like talking to other Destiny creators. Uh, and I think that is definitely a thing I will trying to do is is bring in some of the destiny names you might know and, and talking about destiny with them and and stuff like that and and getting build stuff and and just like you know it it, it can be really intimidating if you don't know what works with what and and what yes. to get and and stuff like that so that the hope is to have something that is both good for longtime fans of destiny and also good for new time fans of destiny. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we'll, and we'll doing like some other stuff too. Like, I don't want to say like farm to tower was a destiny podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to fully commit both of us to a, to another regular to another podcast scheduled yeah. podcast that we have to record, but that does not necessarily mean we won't have like more longer form discussions. Like we both already talked about, like, you know, where, what's, what is the, like the next few seasons of destiny? Like what are our, what are our ideas or predictions for that stuff? We will probably have a video like that pretty soon, which will be a little bit more in a podcast esque form, but it won't 
necessarily mean that we're you know doing it's not gonna be the only every thing week or every yeah. every week or something like that um i also might i'll probably also maybe dabble in stuff like hey there's you know sometimes there's a lot of communication on like various destiny social medias like the reddits or the twitters or like weekly blogs where they drop destiny news and information like people would like be like would be helpful for people to know um i'll probably try and maybe collect like do a video where i collect some of that info each week and throw it up and make sure you know people have that stuff it'll there'll be a bunch of stuff is basically basically what i'm getting at yeah um just like so you know when you come to rational passions youtube.com rational passions you know you'll still get a lot of the stuff we're always doing like we get the viewpoints videos review discussions like this for other video games um nintendo podcasts we have as well and you know other uh, whatever else we end up doing here on the channel is that and then if you want to see our more focused week-to-week destiny style coverage check out helm to tower yeah similar if you listen to ipd and d like that's kind of its own thing correct uh on on rationalpassion.com that is not going to bleed over necessarily into the other stuff but correct if you it's there you know yeah and like scott's uh podcast rpg university um, yeah yeah. it'll just be uh, in that same of it'll be like you said, a rational passion subsidiary. It'll yeah, another pillar. Be a, it'll be a little. <laughs> it'll be a branch off to the side where we can kind of feed our destiny, our uh, destiny addictions, our destiny addictions, <laughs> and keep talking about it and not overtake um, what we got going on. But yeah, destiny to the witch queen. I feel pretty safe comfort- to say we like it. Safe to say <laughs> we we like it a whole lot. It's it's some of the best destiny that has been in many many. I would say in a few years, frankly, and that's even coming from somebody who liked like the last. I liked Beyond Light a lot. I think yeah, that was a cool. I expansion. like Shadowkeep still, but Shadowkeep like, was still pretty fun. Like some of the seasons. This makes Shadowkeep look like nothing. Yes, it does. <laughs> like it makes it look like it makes both of those expansions look just like a lower experience. Um, yeah, because it's like they just set the bar so high and like like made such a stellar package of like new Destiny stuff. And I can't wait to see because it feels like we're just going to be going up and up from here. Yeah, it feels like we're just getting started. And like th- this is the beginning of the end game, you know? Yeah. And and it like I'm just so stoked. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great time to be a Destiny fan. That's going to do it for this review discussion. Thanks, everybody, again for letting okay, us. Sorry, it was two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it should be surprised. It happens sometimes. Yeah, it should, that shouldn't be a surprise by now. Sometimes when we get there's a lot to talk about, like you know. That. There's a lot to talk about, um, and there's still like stuff we really could have talked even longer about. I feel like it's crazy, but yeah. But yeah, again, um, check out uh, if you like this. You know, leave us a rate. If you listen to us on podcast services, leave us a rating. We'd appreciate it. Or you know, if you watch it on YouTube, you know, let us leave a comment or let us know what you think. Uh, mm-hmm. Always appreciated to let us know what you think of our stuff. Um, again, feel free if if you if you came here just just because it's a destiny thing, um, feel free to go check out Helm to Tower and subscribe mm-hmm. there or subscribe here. Uh, we're we're going to be doing we're gonna be doing plenty of normal uh, irrational passion stuff. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Check everybody. out Nintendo Land. My host that that's more if you yeah. like more of us than then more you of get us. It there. We're there. Um, we're, yeah. we're, we're we're all over here. But yep, thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.